Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today as we continue our series on identity. First of all, I just want to thank you for tuning in and, and I appreciate the prayers and I appreciate your support during this time. And um, we will be making announcement this week as to when we start up again. So be prepared to see some things coming through your text on your phone or on social media. We'll make sure we get the word out. So look for a special message sometime this week. But I want to start today, kind of pick up where we left off. Last week, we started talking about our true identity, and we talked about being still and realizing to whom we belong. And the reason why we're focusing on identity today is because it seems to be something we've lost sight of, or at least for me, and I know other people too. And and maybe we don't think about it too often, but we really need to know who we are and who we belong to in order to understand what our purpose is really, and what we're supposed to be doing and, and how we're supposed to be acting. It really frames everything about ourselves when we start to understand who our true identity is. So when we look at scripture, we're reminded that we were created by and belong to our Father in heaven. He intentionally created us for the time that we are in. We're not accidents. We are here for purpose, and we are here to do the work of our Father. And today, I want to encourage you to continue seeking God and continue seeking and understanding your identity. Why? Because the world we live in, which is temporary, wants you to believe something else. You, you probably heard this phrase multiple times. You probably have even asked this question to others before. But I remember when I was younger and this is usually when it happens is you inevitably get the, what do you want to do when you grow up question? Some of us are still asking ourselves what we want to do when we grow up. But for, for most people, that really is a way to kind of provoke some thought into what you want to do, what you want to be, and where you want to go. That's a question we typically get asked as a child. And of course, there's many answers to that. I remember when I was a young boy living in New York City, I was obsessed with garbage trucks. Yes. I wanted to be a garbage man. They got, I mean, they got to hang out on the back of the truck while it was moving, and it just looked like a lot of fun. Plus, I get to crush stuff with this big machine. I really wanted to become a garbage man. When I got older, things started to change, and I started to think about becoming something else. I mean, that happens naturally, especially when you're in school, high school, and even college. You start to really focus in and narrow in on things that you are interested in and things that you could see yourself doing for the rest of your life. You know, over time, what you think you want to do or what you think you want to be can change. Who we want to be and what we want to do is driven by the fact that everyone wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be, you know, do something that's significant. And that's just how we're wired. That's how we as humans are. We, we strive for things. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Everybody wants to have a purpose. You ask anybody, they want to have a job to do. If, if you're not doing anything, um, you, it sometimes can feel like a fish out of water, right? You just feel like you need to be doing stuff. You want to do something. You want to have an impact and you want to have a purpose. That's all well and good. You know, and we also want people to like us. You know, we want to be respected and we want people to be proud of who we are. With that, we tend to look to be something maybe that people would envy. But unfortunately, when 
our concern is more about what others think of us than what we should be doing, then we start to choose our career based on that. And we start to choose who we hang out with based on that. And we even choose what to believe based on what those who we want to be like believe. The problem is we start to build and create our life within the framework of this world. And simply put, the world tells us that our identity comes from what you look like, what you have, what you know, and what you do. So we start to focus on those things and we start to change who we are to fit into this myopic view of ourselves. And when we do this, we spend a lot of time and money trying to accomplish these things, and it generally only yields temporary results. It becomes frustrating and it becomes an idol that we chase and it's because we feel like this is what we're supposed to do. Now let's contrast this to what Jesus teaches us about who we are. Jesus lets us know that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be upper class or best of the best. or We don't have to live according to the world's standards. Instead, Jesus says that our true identity is found in him. And maybe some of us can just say amen to that statement. And that's that. But let's break this down a bit because I think it's very important we understand what it means by our true identity is found in him. If our identity is found in Jesus, then let's ask this question. All right, well, where is Jesus now? Where is he? Well, he's no longer walking the face of the earth with us. He is in heaven, seated with the Father, and he is waiting to come back again soon. Jesus is also with us. His spirit dwells within us. Yet he is also seated with the Heavenly Father. He seems to be in two places at once. What's that all about? You know, it's hard to wrap our brains around this because we only see what we see with our human eyes. Makes sense. Peter calls it a mystery. We see the here and the now and what's right in front of us. We see the people, we see nature, we see stars. We see a lot. However, there is a spiritual realm that we cannot yet see. What we currently see with our eyes is temporary. What we can't see with our eyes is eternal. Isn't that, that to me, that's mind-blowing. What we learn when we read Scripture, what we learn from the teachings of Jesus is that there is a spiritual realm that we can't see, and that realm will last for eternity. What we see right now while we're on this earth, what we see with our human eyes, is only temporary. But let's think on that for a moment. Everything we see today, everything right in front of us right now, it's temporary. It's just not going to last. That's what temporary means. And why is this important to understand? It's important to understand because it helps us understand exactly what we should be living for and what we should be investing in. You know, we need to understand that there is a spiritual realm and that exists now, along with the world that we see with our human eyes. In other words, we're living in both. We can only see one, but the other exists. And Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, he says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now 
will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. That just messes with us, though. I mean, really, we're supposed to be more worried about something that we can't see than something that's right in front of us. Well, the world would tell you otherwise. You know, if there's something right in front of you that's a problem, you need to deal with it. If there's something right in front of you that you can see, you need to take care of it. But what God is saying and what, and, what, and what Paul is trying to tell us is like, listen, that's, yes, you can see these things. They are right in front of you. But these are not going to be eternally a problem. The problems we face now, what we're dealing with now, even the good things aren't going to last. So he says to set your gaze upon. that. To me, that I, I take that as like, to really dream about, to really plan, to really hope, to really hope and and think about what's going to be eternal and what's going to be eternal is not what we see with our human eyes. I know that's really tough to understand, but it's going to help us focus and help us understand our true identity and understand where we need to do the most work. By the way, Paul wrote this when he was physically suffering because he continued to speak about Jesus Christ. He wrote this during a really difficult time for him. And what he challenges challenges us with today is, where are you making your investment? Are you making it here on earth? It'll be gone one day. You will be gone one day. See, our home is with God and it's for eternity. So how should this you know, fact change our thinking. Well, Paul tells us to focus on the reality that there is a heaven and it is our destination. It's also why he tells us in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, it says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for You died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Listen, investing everything you have in pursuit of your best life that you can live on earth can rob you of eternity. Something that we pour and pour into our whole lives here on earth, something that we just dedicate. We got to remember that this is not eternity. This is temporal. It's not going to last. And there's nothing wrong within this life with getting that good job or, or putting yourself through school or making money or, or having income or going on vacations. And I mean, God put us here on a, on a beautiful planet to enjoy it too. But there's so much more beyond where we are today that we have to get into that mindset that this is not ever going to last. The problem is, in all of the temporal living, are we forgetting where we eventually will end up? That's why Paul tells us that, first and foremost, are we considering where we will be eternally when we make decisions we make? I think every preacher has probably used this clever little one-liner before. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Well, there's much truth to that. We will leave this world one day, and nothing from this world will be coming with us. Not one single thing 
But what will come with us is how we lived our lives while we were here. What did we do to further the kingdom? What did we do to invest in eternity? Where did we spend or how did we spend our resources while we were here? We will be accountable. Did you know that what you do here on earth right now, today, tomorrow, what you do will affect you in heaven? When we live the life that Jesus commands us to, when we set out to do the will of the Father instead of following our desires, Jesus says it will be recognized in heaven. We read this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there are the desires of your heart. This means that we cannot be consumed with building our life here on earth and forget about eternity. In other words, everything we do should come from a posture of how is this going to affect eternity for me? I know, I know, this is, you know, this is all we can see right now with our own eyes. It's really hard to be focused on something that we're told exists, but we just can't see it. But don't be fooled. This is not our home. There is more. And the way we live here and now will have consequences for eternity. This is our identity. We were not born to just live on this planet for a hundred or more years. We were born to love others, tell them who they really are, and to be servants of God and to do what he designed us to do. We cannot let the things of this world define us. We are children of God. If your life today is consumed with finding your identity in the things of the world, you need to be reminded that this is not your home. This is not where it ends for us, for you. The honest truth, we will all spend eternity somewhere. Listen, it's, it's difficult to wrap our brains around some of these concepts, some of these things that we, we, we know, but we haven't really like pondered it deeply enough. Because I think once we start really realizing that our home is not here, it makes me want to do more to prepare for eternity than what's temporary. That doesn't mean abandoning everything here. It actually means doing the work of God, which is telling others about who Jesus Christ is so that they can take part into the same eternity that we are hoping to achieve. This is, this is you know, messes with your mind. It's almost like science fiction. How could we be living in two parallel universes if you want at the same time? Well, that's what we're doing. But our goal, our home is not here. And once we understand that, and once we understand that our identity does not come from this world, but comes from the Father in the spiritual realm, then I think we start to look at our decisions that we make day to day a little differently than we have before. 
Again, there is nothing wrong with, with enjoying the things of this earth. God, God created this. He created nature for us. He, he wanted us to enjoy it. Of course, we ruined it. We got kicked out of the Garden of Eden in a record amount of time. You know, only Adam and Eve got to saw that, see that. But everything else around us, there's, there's good things here. There's great things here. But there's so much more greater outside of this world and outside of this realm that we see with our own eyes. We must be focused on that. I think when we focus on that more, it's going to drive us more to do the will of the Father in, in right here in our community with our neighbors, with our family. It, it's going to compel us to do that. So identity is, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. I, again, I think it's really foundational for us to understand who we are, where we're going, and, where, you know, how we're living to really take things um, to, the, to a deeper level and to really understand, you know, what God wants from us. We need to know who we are. So that's going to be our journey. And I'm excited to take you on this journey. I'm learning things too, and, and things are coming to light for me. I'd love to hear from you if, if you're having any um, thoughts or you have anything you want to talk about. I, you know, you can email me, um, admin at royaloakchurch.com. I can get that. You can call me. Um, there are phone numbers on the webpage. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, but we will be meeting again in person. We can talk. And I'd love to hear what you have to say. And, and I just want to thank you again for tuning in during all of this. And, and it's, most of you know this is not my favorite way to, to, <laughs> to preach, is sitting in an empty church with a microphone in my hand and nobody else around. Um, but I, I enjoy doing this because we still, need, we still need to hear God's word. We still need to be taught. And we still need to listen. So thank you again for joining us um, online, and I appreciate you, and we'll be praying for you, and we will be meeting again soon. And again, li listen for updates and annou announcements this week on our website, on our, on our social media pages, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and as well for those of you who have um, signed up for text alerts, you will get that first. So thank you again. Enjoy your Sunday. It's I'm recording this on Saturday afternoon, and we're supposed to get some snow. So hopefully you have power tomorrow morning to listen to this. And enjoy the white stuff while it's here. It's my favorite, but I know for some of you, you dislike it, but um, it's not going to be with us forever. God bless you guys. I can't wait to see you all in person. Love you.